Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Darth Gabe. <laughs> and I am Master Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. Master Jeff. Yes. I have a question for you. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing okay. Sorry, I paused there for a moment because I was I was trying to turn think of a way to turn Jeff into Jedi. <laughs> but or the, yeah, we're trying to figure out different Star Wars puns. This yeah, is, this is gonna be a Star Wars yes uh, but episode. First things first, there will be no spoilers, no Last Jedi spoilers. Yeah, at all. If there's if there's anything I, that we say while during our discussion, I will I will bleep it out or something. Sure. Yeah. I uh, do not want anybody to not listen to this episode because of. Not, not having seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do my best not to say it just so you, you know, just so you don't have to edit it out. But uh, yes. yeah, no no, no spoilers. Yeah, because um, well, I, I'll get into what's uh, been going on in just a moment. But we both saw The Last Jedi yesterday. Right. Uh, when this episode goes out, this episode is going to go out actually the day after Christmas. But uh, as of this recording, Jeff and I just saw the movie. And we also have a question regarding the uh, Star Wars role-playing games. So mm-hmm. that's, that's basically what this episode is going to be about. Yeah. So if you're not at all interested in Star Wars, I apologize. You know, maybe listen to it if you still like uh, hearing us talk. If you hate everything Star Wars, then I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, listen to last week's episode again <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know what to say to you if you don't like. If you absolutely hate all I, things Star Wars, I mean, Wars. I can. I can understand some people not liking how it's. Like, okay, Doctor Who. I've I've never really watched Doctor Who. Sure. But every time someone recommends it to me, I'm like, there's there's so much. No, I'm not going to watch it because there's just, there's so much that I feel I would have to get into right, in order yeah. to, to watch it. Don't have to get time. Don't, don't have time to get into a whole new, like, world. Yeah. Thing. And also, like, maybe you have issues with the types of people who are obsessed with everything Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. You, like, you, you say a character's name wrong. They're like, no, that was this other character. And then they were in this <laughs> other thing and so on and so on. So, uh, I, again, I apologize if you do not like Star Wars. However, I, you know, I have a, a reasonable liking for Star Wars. Yeah, so, same here. So, yeah, we, we felt like having a having a Star Wars episode. Yeah. So, like I said, it is, um, you know, when this episode comes out, it's the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody out there had a wonderful Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, if not, you know, I hope you had a wonderful whatever you do celebrate. Yeah. Hopefully you got some time off work. Good. Uh, yeah. Good holiday season for everybody. Yeah. It's been kind of crazy. The it we had a whole lot of snow for a few days, and like then today it was like it was like fifty degrees outside. Yeah, yeah, it was warm today. Yeah. So I <laughs> I, I put I'm wearing shorts right now. Yeah, I bumped I bumped into Gabe at the grocery <laughs> store today, uh, just a little while ago, and he was he was loading his car in shorts and a t-shirt. But the thing is, by the time that you saw me, yeah. it was like cold again, high thirties. Yeah, yeah, like it was warmer in the earlier in the day. Yes. So. It was like, it was like super sunny. It was super warm out. I was like, I'm going to wear some shorts. I'm not going to wear a jacket. And then it got cloudy and windy. And (laughs) anyway, um, today at the, at the library, the Garden City Library, I was going to be doing another um, D&D thing. So Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I I had a Christmas adventure planned. Oh, nice. However, nobody showed up or rather one person showed up. And then apparently, you know, I, I I mean, I, I called it quits because only one person showed up 15 minutes in and, and it's, it's harder to run a one person game than a two person game, yeah, for example. For so sure. I, you know, he was okay with it. I, I told him we would just not do it this month and do another one next month. But apparently another person showed up like an hour later expecting to play D&D. It was scheduled for four, and they only showed- really only going until five and they showed up at five. Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, so, um, so I didn't get to run that, but I'll, I'll. 
I'll tell you what it was about, what it was going to be about. Mm. I think I might have mentioned, I know I put on Twitter last month for Thanksgiving. I had a Thanksgiving-themed adventure where the players went to a harvest festival. And then at the harvest festival, a group of goblins showed up, including a goblin necromancer Uh who raised the roast turkey as a zombie. So the players had to fight a giant gobble, 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 roast turkey. Gabe turkey sound. Gobble, gobble, gobble. (laughs) Anyway. uh, (laughs) Gobble, gobble, gobble. See, now you're going to you're going to disrupt the actual sound clip that I put in. Oh, no. Because that sound clip sounded like me just saying. And anyway, anyway. (laughs) Um, But for this one, I was going to be doing a Christmas themed one. So the way it was going to go was that the players were going to get hired to watch over this uh, this warehouse that they were awaiting. uh, They were awaiting an important shipment. And it hadn't arrived yet, so they had they were going to have the players stay there overnight and just make sure if it got there, it got there safely. Well, while there, they were going to hear a noise up on the roof. Oh. So they go up onto the roof, and there is some sort of, like, a really, really long sleigh that has landed on top of this warehouse. But when they get there, they're attacked by two very large, basically, reindeer. Sure. them. So they fight off the reindeer. As they do, they notice that the sleigh is about, is like starting to fly away. So they run after it. They jump on on top of it. They climb along this like flying sleigh. They eventually find a man in a, a, a man in a red cloak, a wizard with a long white beard Uh in a red cloak that has been tied up. Oh no. And he asks them for their help. Eventually they get to the, they climb their way to the front of this flying sleigh and they encounter the Krampus. Oh. So like, you know, this big <laughs> demonic figure with horns and like right. chains and whatnot, like a big bunch of sticks that he beats them with and so on. <laughs> so they were going to beat Krampus. And then, uh, and then the, the red robed uh, gentleman was going to tell them, I have to make all of these deliveries tonight. <laughs> I need your help. And so the end of the adventure was going to be them going off to help this mysterious uh, a wizard Nicholas. Yeah. To uh, to deliver the archmage, Nicholas. the archmage Nicholas, yes, <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, so that's what I was gonna do, but I I didn't. Well, and I mean, it wouldn't make as much sense to do that next month. So instead, next month I'm gonna do something else. Oh well, yeah. Well, I guess Christmas is dead. I I oh it is. <laughs> My goodness, it's horrible. Well, I mean, again, by the time this episode comes out, Christmas will have come and gone. So yeah. so yeah, Christmas is is past. Yeah, <laughs> it's a ghost. Yeah. of Christmas past <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh so jeff um you feel like getting into the episode or anything sure, else you want to sure no that's and, and by the way we will be talking a lot about star wars but again we will not be spoiling the movie we might say very cryptic things about the movie that we thought were awesome but we will not i guarantee you we will not in any way say anything that is a spoiler i will be extra careful not to allow anything that is yeah like the, could that, be taken as a spoiler gave like that one part where it's I'm going to bleep that all out, just so you know. know. (laughs) Yeah, that was crazy. And then when uh, used the so that he could with and. Whoa, wait, what? That was the um, that was the part with. Right. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, That was that was when you went to the bathroom and then. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. uh, So, Jeff, I want you to imagine that you wake up on December 25th. And I've been sleeping uh, for a long time. You have. Um, well, when this episode comes out, you will have been sleeping for negative one days. 
So you wake up, Jeez. you look outside the window, and it is it is snowy out. Ooh. You're actually you're snowed in. You're you if you had to work today, you don't have to work today anymore. Awesome. And you're like, you know, I'm just gonna take this day, I'm gonna relax. You go downstairs and you see that some joker has cut down a tree and put it in your living room. Wait, so like the Jack Nicholson Joker or the... Oh yeah, yes. Uh the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> the Joker, played by Mark Hamill. Oh, the Mark Hamill. Vo- voiced by Mark, Mark Hamill. Voiced by Mark Hamill. Cuts down a tree and put he put it in your in your living room. Oh man. Not only that, but he left a bunch of boxes under the tree. <laughs> what a, who who would do such a crazy thing? I don't know. The Joker, know. maybe. The Joker, I guess. Yeah. But you figure, you know, let me um well, it's snowy out. Maybe you'll need some supplies. Maybe you can't get to the store. Might as well open up one of these boxes and see what's yeah, in it. It could be something useful. Well, I'll start opening up those packages. Okay, you open up that package, and when you do, suddenly a glint of gold and silver hits your eyes. Ooh. You open it up, and you realize that in these boxes, in several small containers, is altogether the dragon's hoard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wanted I wanted a Nintendo Switch. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but so Dragon's Horde for yes. today. The item is actually uh, we we did have a couple submissions, but I this is one that I chose to go with the theme of the episode. Mm. This is actually an item from the uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the okay. Fifth Edition Dungeon Master's Guide. So uh, so the item that I'm going to be talking about today is a magic weapon. Mm-hmm. Again, it is in the fifth edition Dungeon Master's Guide. It's also been in other Dungeon Master's Guides as well, but uh, but uh, this is this particular one. This is a sword called the Sunblade. Oh yeah, the Sunblade is uh, it is a long sword, and it requires attunement. Mm-hmm. This item appears to be a long sword hilt. Ooh. While grasping the hilt, you can use a bonus action to cause a blade of pure radiance to mm-hmm. spring into existence. Or make the blade disappear. While while the blade persists, this magic longsword has the finesse property. If you are proficient with short swords or longswords, you are proficient with the sunblade. You gain a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this weapon, which deals radiant damage instead of slashing damage. Nice. When you hit an undead with it, the target takes an extra 1d8 radiant damage. The sword's luminous blade emits bright light in a 15-foot radius and dim light for an additional 15 feet. The light is sunlight. While the blade persists, you can use an action to expand or reduce its radius of bright and dim light by 5 feet each to a maximum of 30 feet each or a minimum of 10 feet each. Whoa. So that's considered sunlight. That's it cool. is apparently considered sunlight. So I imagine it would give penalties to drow. It would be especially harmful to vampires. Sure. Um, yeah. Sith Lords. Sith Lords. <laughs> so obviously I chose this because it is uh, it is very clearly a, a fifth edition or just a, a Dungeons and Dragons version of a, of a lightsaber. Right, yeah. And like, I think, I think we talked about in the past, like, like trying to recreate different magical uh, magical weapons from different you know uh, yeah yeah different things like and, and like the lightsaber always ends up being a little overpowered in people's minds right I'm sure we all know somebody I know you and I know somebody who would argue that a lightsaber is you know so would be so much more powerful and it would do it not only ignore armor to your AC but it would destroy your armor in the process and so on and so on <laughs> I actually did do a quick Google search on uh, uh, to see if like there was. A, if there was a homebrew version 
a popular homebrew version of a lightsaber out there, and the one that I found is like, oh, 3d10 force damage. Like, and, uh, force damage. I mean, I mean, force damage, that makes sense. Don't don't get me wrong. No, but, no, uh, I don't. I, <laughs> like, I get it. It's force damage, like the force, but I don't think that would, I don't know if it'd it's, be force damage. not quite the same. I think radiant is a, is a much, better, yeah, way to, I think much that, better way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, it's sort of heat. Yeah. But, but it, it doesn't burn things. It just kind of like cuts through them and yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, any thoughts on the Sunblade or on lightsabers in general? <laughs> They're pretty cool. Yeah, I'll even say I have only ever used a... I've, I've played a VR game once. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, I have a um, cousin, like one of my wife's cousin's husbands, is always the guy who has, like, you know, the newest gadgets and whatnot. Sure. And they always have this, this Christmas party in either December or January, and he always brings whatever the newest gadget is he has. And last year, he brought a an HTC... Vive, yeah, I think it's called. Yep. And um, you know, he just anybody who wanted to try out, he didn't have a ton of games for it, but anybody who did want to try it out could. So it was the first time I'd ever used VR, and I tried a couple little like, you know, ones where you just like sit, stand on the deck of a ship, and like look at all like you're underwater, you're on the deck of the Titanic, and you look around and see like fish floating around, and you can't really interact with anything. But there was one little demo he had where you were fixing the Millennium Falcon. Uh huh. And then a bunch of stormtroopers show up, like, surrounding you, and they're all shooting at you. And then you realize that, like, the thing you're holding is a lightsaber. Uh-huh. And so you turn on the lightsaber, and then the whole game is you're just, like, deflecting uh, blaster blaster shots while the Millennium Falcon's, like, powering up or whatever. Oh, sure. And I, I really liked it because I was only holding, essentially, a sword handle in oh, my hand. sure, yeah. So similar to using what an actual lightsaber would be, the blade didn't have any weight. Right, yeah. And I really liked how that was, you know, that that was more accurate than sure, if, yeah. if I was like, oh, you're, I'm holding a sword. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That's, that's a more accurate simulation of a lightsaber than right. like the toys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, heck, lightsabers are cool. I was, when we saw the movie yesterday, I said something that made me sound really dumb, I think. I said it to you and our, our friend Steve. I said that um, I really like bright colors, right? Sure. If, if you put a screen in front of me that is bright colors on a, a dark contrasting background, I'll be happy. No matter what it is I'm looking at, bright flashing colors hey, and know. a dark background makes me feel good. That's just, you know, that that's just a different way to say that you have an appreciation for art, I guess. Like I that's, suppose. That's just a that's just a different way to say it could just be my lizard brain, you know, responding to, to I like flashing colors. <laughs> yeah, I just you know, I, I love I I love lightsaber battles. Yeah. They're fun. Not just because, not just because of the flashing colors, but like, you know, usually they're really well choreographed. And, yeah. You know, it's really cool. When they get a little bit too uh, acrobatic, that kind of bothers me. Um, like there were, you know, again, no spoilers, but there, there were some lightsaber fights in The Last Jedi. Spoilers! And and I, I did not feel that any of them were too acrobatic. Right, yeah, yeah they didn't go overboard. Because like the, the prequels did, did have that issue and like, like it wasn't it wasn't just like it was the prequels and it was the um I remember I remember hearing something that like George Lucas kind of got upset that like the video games for the Star Wars for the even for the original trilogy yeah. not the not the prequels but like the video games for the like original trilogy and stuff like that the like the acrobatics of the Jedi got a little out of hand yeah but he, you know he kind of had to kind of go with it right in right. that way just cuz like I don't know. That just that that was the popular image of a Jedi at at one at you know at a point because like 
you know, the the movies, the movie. There was only three movies, but then there were so many games that came out for Definitely, it. Definitely, yeah. So I kind of had to keep up with it, and that's why like there was a lot more jumping around and acrobatics and stuff in the prequel movies. And I mean, to be fair, when I first saw episode two, I thought the fight between uh, Yoda and Dooku was awesome. Yeah. I was, he was, you know, Yoda was jumping and flipping and doing all this crazy Spoilers stuff. Spoilers game. <laughs> Yes. For Attack of the Clones. Um, and I mean, that, that was that was cool at the time, but like, yeah, looking back, especially when compared to the original trilogy, which had basically, I mean, the, the I think like the biggest stunt there was, was like Luke jumped off of something and did a somersault in the air. Yeah. And then there was another point where Darth Vader threw his lightsaber. Those were like the two, right. the two big stunts in the whole original trilogy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so looking back, like those ones didn't really need it. Then again, you could make the argument that the uh, the maybe it makes sense within the story that they used to be really like acrobatic and whatnot, and then in Revenge of the Sith, everybody died. Yeah. And so all the people that were all acrobatic died. So the only people that were left to were, do it was were, ba- was basically uh, uh, just Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just didn't bother to teach Luke all the crazy An jumps. Old and man stuff. and basically a cripple. Like exactly. Like, oh yeah, and, and Yoda, of course. Yeah. And Yoda. Um, An even older man. <laughs> right. Just, yeah. So like, yeah, I don't think they're going to be jumping around much. Yeah. So I, I really like, I think lightsabers are really cool. I think that it is a great idea for a futuristic weapon that still functions like a normal weapon and, you know, like a, a fantasy weapon enough. Mm-hmm. It's basically a sword. Yeah. Functions like a sword in, in almost every way, but also it serves as a weapon against more advanced weapons like you can use it to deflect lasers right so not only is it a primitive weapon it's a primitive weapon that you can use to fight against advanced weapons yeah yeah it's a it's a forward forward compatible <laughs> yes, sword. Yes. i remember there was uh this <laughs> short i want to say it was like a short animated gif a while back like a long 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 time ago back before there was youtube i remember seeing this mm-hmm. there was this video of this kid, it's like this kid on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is a timely reference. He opens up a box, and then he just starts going crazy. He starts getting so excited, and you see he has a lightsaber in his hand, and like the beam shoots out of the thing, and he's like jumping around with it, and he's like he like cuts his grandma in half, and he's like jumping oh, up and down. Oh, I with think it. I've seen that. Yeah, but it's like really low quality, so it almost looks like a home video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. Uh, anyway, so so we're not even really talking about the Sunblade. The Sunblade, like we said, is basically a, a lightsaber, lightsaber in D&D. I remember in uh, third edition, I don't think it was a brilliant energy weapon in third edition, mm. but there were brilliant energy weapons in third edition. So in third edition, the Sunblade itself was not quite as lightsabery. Mm. It was basically just like a sword that either, it was a sword that gave off light. And then you could use it as either a long sword or a short sword, whichever one was more advantageous to you. Sure. But then there was also a special property you could apply to any, really any weapon that made it uh, what was called brilliant energy. And when a, when a weapon was brilliant energy, it ignored armor and natural armor, I believe. Huh. So, or maybe it didn't. Whatever it was, it ignored, it ignored non-living matter. So it ignored... Normal, I, I don't think it was natural armor, actually. I don't think it ignored that. But it, it ignored regular armor. So, like, if you're wearing full plate, it passed through your full plate. So, it it hit your AC as if you were not wearing full plate. Yeah. Um, however, it, it did not affect objects or undead. Huh. Because it just passed through 
non-limbing matter. Oh, so you sure. couldn't use it to cut down a sword, or cut down a, uh, a door like you could with a lightsaber because it would just pass through it. I know a lot of people house ruled it, uh, you know, whatever. Or some people even house ruled it so you could turn off the brilliant energy property so that if you were fighting undead, you could use your sword and just not gain that, sure. that property of it. But uh, as it was written, you couldn't. Once you turned it on, it was like once you did it, it was it was that way. Huh. And it was kind of goofy because if you were to, in theory, make like a brilliant energy club, and then you dropped it, whoops, <laughs> it just fell through. Fell fell through the planet. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> and I I kind of imagine with a weapon like that, your scabbard would have to be like some sort of living creature. Oh right, yeah. Because otherwise. What are, you, what are you gonna do? It's just like it's like a uh, pelican or something. Like, yeah. oh, oh. that's that's it's horrifying. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's a living. It's a Flintstones joke. Yes, that is a that is a Flintstones joke. Wow. Anyway, so that I think that's it for the for the Dragon Sword Sunblade. It's a lightsaber. Let you know we we'll talk more about lightsabers as we go. And I the think. Flintstones is a cartoon from like the forties. I can't remember. A long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. They had a commercial for cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Lucky Lucky Strikes or whatever. I, I think so, yeah. All right. Uh, so if anybody wanted to submit uh, magic items for the Dragon's Horde mm-hmm. or questions for us to discuss or stories for the funeral pyre, how would they do so? They could send us a email at uh, the address. Um, hmm, what is that address? <sighs> shoot. I had it. it. I had uh, it in my head. Red Academy at... Google. No, 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 net? that's not it. No, okay. it's, uh, oh, oh, uh, interpartyconflict.gmail.com. There you go. That's the one. Speaking of Crit Academy, though, I do want to tell everybody to go check out our, uh, friend podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Critacademy.com mm-hmm. is, uh, that's a great podcast. Justin, Ian, and Brandon. Uh, I think Brandon was out for a while. He had a, his wife had a, a child oh. or something like that. But I believe, I believe he's back. Oh, well, uh, c- as of c- this recording, congrats, maybe I think. not. Well, yeah. So, so, uh, if not, he'll be back soon. So uh, Justin Ian, Bri- Ian and Brandon, great hosts, great podcast. They give you new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Then also D&D Character Lab, fun podcast. Garen and Dan, they make uh, characters and, you know, fifth edition characters. And then they pit them against each other to see whose characters are better. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also go to audibletrial.com slash conflict. Get yourself a free audiobook and get us some free money while you're at it. <laughs> All right. So, want to get into the question for today? Sure. Okay. Our question for today comes from Cynthia on Paizo. They ask, pros and cons of various Star Wars systems. Uh, so, there's the WEG, which is the D6 system. Mm-hmm. There's the D20 system. And then there's the FFG uh, system, system. or systems. Because yeah. there's, there's a few different rules. I think there's like a, yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. Um, so, full disclosure... Uh, I have only ever played D20, Star Wars D20, and I only played it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, I don't think, have you played any of these? No, not, I've, I think I've looked at the book for the D20 one. Okay. But that's um, about it. So, so we haven't played any of these. However, I did crowdsource the answer to this one, <laughs> um, a while back. This, we actually, we got this question. This was one of the first questions we got. Oh, yeah. And because we didn't have, you know, we, we don't, I don't know what the various pros and cons are. Sure. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't have time to learn all of these different systems in addition to everything else that I have to do. So I asked about this on Reddit. I said, you know, hey, guys, I'm doing this podcast. Somebody wants we want to talk about what the various advantages and disadvantages are of the different uh, Star Wars RPGs, but I've never played them. And um, a gentleman by the name of Ross, who has a podcast, Dice for Brains, mm. which is a 
Star Wars role-playing game podcast. Okay. I believe it is the FFG system, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, so, so Ross sent me, he sent me a message. He said, you know, Hey, I have, I, I'm running this, this thing for this podcast. I have one of our members would love to write up a big, long thing for you. So, so DJ Wright is the name of the gentleman who actually did write up this big, long article. I, I will link it in the show notes, but we will kind of paraphrase a lot of what the pros and cons are of the different right. systems for you guys. And then if you want more information, you can read this article. If you want more than that, you know, I can, uh, you can let me know and I could try to get you in contact with uh, with some of these people. Um, so there are three main Star Wars RPGs mm-hmm. that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and I, I very recently got an email from somebody actually that was asking, having listened to just a few of our episodes, like, hey, do you guys just talk about D&D or do you talk about other systems too? And uh, definitely a valid question. When we started making this podcast, I was I originally hoped that this podcast would be as system agnostic as possible. Sure. Yeah. In that anybody playing any kind of role-playing game could listen to it. That being said, we do get our most of our content from, uh, they, they are submissions from listeners asking, you know, what they want. D&D is the most, I guess, the most popular RPG. And it's also the game that Jeff and I have the most experience with. Right, yeah. So as a result, most of our content is about Dungeons & Dragons, you know, mostly 5th edition. But there's no reason that we can't answer questions about other games just if it is a game that we don't have experience with. Like we're doing with this uh, this question here, we will try to get the information and bring it to you in uh, in a way that we can. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll do we'll we'll do our best. Yes. So if anybody has any questions about other systems, if you have um we we've brought in several funeral pyre stories that people have submitted from different systems as sure. well. Um and heck, if there are magic items from other systems or an equivalent to magic items from other systems, I would love to get some of those from listeners too. Yeah. So yeah, anything anything that you guys have from other systems, feel free to send them in. Worst thing that happens is you just got to wait a while until we can figure it out, figure it out. <laughs> and then we, we can, so that we can have a satisfying uh, answer. For yeah, you guys. sure. So, um, for, so for this, we're going to try to talk about the pros and cons of the, the three main different um, Star Wars RPGs. Mm-hmm. So the three that we're going to be talking about is Star Wars D6, which is by West End Games. Mm-hmm. So WEG. Um, after that, we're going to be talking about uh, D20 Star Wars, which, like I said, is what I've had a little bit of experience with. I will, I will share my thoughts and and my experiences as well as uh, as what um, uh, DJ Wright uh, sent to us. And then the last one is uh, Fantasy Flight Games, Age of Rebellion, Edge of the Empire, and Force and Destiny. Which, from, unless I am mistaken, they are three core rule, three separate rule books for the same system. I be, I believe that's what that is. Okay. I think Force and Destiny, like. I, I've seen a lot of people talk about Force and Destiny as like the the best one or like the one that they play. So I think Force and Destiny is the most popular one. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so first we are going to talk briefly about West End Games Star Wars D6. Mm-hmm. So uh, DJ Wright's article was mostly about the second edition of the WEG Star Wars role-playing game, the blue one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not sure what he's referring to that to. Maybe maybe that's just the color of the book. Probably. Probably just different editions yeah. or different printings or whatever. Uh, so this game is fairly straightforward. In this game, you have a series of attributes. All of your skills are tied to one of those. Anything that you require a roll, um, you grab a bunch of D6s equal to your attribute plus your skill. And then you roll them. Um, and then there's there's some others uh, like partial dice mm-hmm. called pips that you you might roll at times. But basically, you're just 
trying to roll all these d6s to try to get a target number. So yeah, with like with the d6 six system, you're just like a like a, just a big old handful of d6. Yeah, yeah. I've played some games that are not necessarily d6s, but like you do you have a bunch of dice that you are able to roll in certain situations and then anyway, some things that are good about this system is exploding dice. Exploding dice is a it's actually it's actually a um, a concept that's in other games too. Like I've seen it in in like house rules for d20 systems. Mm-hmm. The idea with an exploding die is that well? I'll, I'll say how it works in this game. In this game, the second edition of the D6 one, um, it introduces a wild die. So it's a different color die that you roll as part of your dice pool. Mm-hmm. If it comes up as a one, you remove it along with the highest die you rolled. So yeah. like if you rolled a bunch of like threes and fours and one six, but then the wild die comes up as a one, you take out the six. However, if the wild die comes up as a six. You add that six to the total and then you roll it again. Mm. So like it's possible, it's possible for you to get another six and then another six and then another six and so on. Mm. So like I've, I've heard of a lot of games that use a, some sort of a, an exploding die mechanic in that if you get the highest result, you roll it again and add that. Mm. Uh, and then this one also has the the drawback of having a one takeaway. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and so so it's it's kind of neat because even if the odds are against you. It's theoretically possible for you to roll however high you need to because there's always that chance you might get a, right, a six yeah. on that that uh, wild die. I guess it's yeah. I guess it's sort of a the d six way of like doing like criticals or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've actually heard a lot of people in D and D use an exploding die instead of a natural twenty as a crit, or, sure. or like a instead of a natural twenty as an automatic hit. Uh-huh. They'll have it be that if you roll a twenty you roll it again and add that. So like it's possible if something has like a really, really high AC mm-hmm. for you to roll a natural 20 and not hit because right. even with the additional roll, like you, you, you still might not quite get high enough. Sure. I've heard a lot of people complain in my opinion, kind of erroneously that like, Oh, if you were to, if a first level blind commoner attacked Thor and got a natural 20, he would still hit. I mean, yeah, technically that's true. But like, how's a first level blind commoner getting in melee range of Thor? Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway. So, so uh, yeah, so this game has exploding dice, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that uh, WEG has no class system. Right. Yeah. There, you just kind of pick your skills and what you want to do and you build your character from there. I, I think they like, they show like templates and stuff like that. that yeah. Just yeah. To they kind of give you an idea of like this, this, if you want to be a smuggler type character, you would take these skills. But sure, other sure. than that, you just kind of do what you want to do. And I've actually, we've talked about that before. I think somebody asked like, what are our thoughts on having like a class, a class based system as opposed to like a points based system. Mm-hmm. I actually personally prefer classes personally. I understand if someone would prefer otherwise, but to me, I feel like if, if my, um, if my abilities are not assigned to me, then there's going to be some of them that I would never take, even though they might be good. I will never take them because they are not as appealing to me in the moment. Sure. So sure. That, that's, you know, that's just my own personal preference. But, uh, but, you know, a lot of people have issues with classes. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, do, let them do whatever, uh, whatever they want to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people see it as restricting or something, but yeah, but it's just when, when you're giving too many options, sometimes you end up taking too many of the wrong options. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that's great about this game is that being a force user in this D6 system is really, really fun. It's frustrating at first because I guess the points that you have 
you have to split among your like normal abilities and your force abilities. Sure. So compared to a non-force user at low levels or low uh whatever the beginning of the campaign is, you you might seem a little underpowered because you kind of have like half and half. Right, yeah. But as you level up, I guess like similar to the wizard in Dungeons and Dragons, you can get super duper powerful and be really good at everything. Right. Cause like, I, I guess as like a force user, you, you still want to be able to like do normal things. Like you, you don't want yeah, to like, do... like Luke can still pilot a plane. Right. Yeah. And he can still repair stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. and so, so like, but yeah, but only having the same amount of points to be putting into both your, you know, your force stuff and your normal stuff. Sure. So yeah, like it, you know, it takes a little while, but, but as DJ says, uh, that like it, you get pretty dang powerful. Yeah, toward, yeah, towards that, towards the end of your character development, to the point where small spoiler, uh, not for, not a last Jedi spoiler, <laughs> small spoiler for what we're going to talk about in about thirty seconds. That's actually one of the one of the cons of this system is that force users can get a little bit too powerful. Sure, sure. So I guess that <laughs> that's we'll actually get right into that right now. Um, one of the cons is that force users are really really powerful. Yeah, they yeah they'll they'll get overpowered later on in the game. Yeah, when... to the point where DJ refers to his game as devolving into. A Jedi and his companions. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, that that can happen. That's Yeah, it's kind of how, like, the stories of, of Star Wars kind of feel sometimes. It, it kind of is. Yeah, it's just, like, you have this, like, powerful Jedi and then all of his companions. And I really liked in Force Awakens, so I guess small Force Awakens spoilers. Mm-hmm. Small, I'm not anything big. Small stuff. But, like, I really liked the first half of The Force Awakens because... There isn't, I mean, aside from the bad guy, Kylo Ren, there isn't any, really any force use. It's basically just like Finn escapes with Poe. Uh-huh. He meets up with Rey. Then they fly the, mecha- the mechanical Falcon, the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> they, you know, they meet Han and Chewie and blah, 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 and all that. And it's really cool. It's mm-hmm. it's just about like characters just being characters. And then, you know, near the end of The Force Awakens, it becomes about force stuff. Sure. And then, uh, you know... No spoilers, but there is a lot of Force stuff in uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. So not that that's bad, but I do like the different... I do like when there is times where it's not about the Force. Right, yeah, yeah. Because there is a lot more to, like, the Star Wars universe other than just Jedi and Sith. Right, as as much as the, you know, the story sometimes does feel like it's just about the Jedi and the Sith. Right, yeah. Like, in yeah, that it's definitely... That is a focal point, is the war between the... The Jedi and the Sith. Yeah. Like, cause it's, you know, even going back to like the, the old Republic stuff, like mm-hmm. where that's, you know, that's all Jedi versus Sith. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that can be a downside to the system is that, uh, force users are just really, really popular. Um, another con of this system is that you end up getting really, really big dice pools, which are fun, but then I guess you use your dice pools to, to make actions. And so, mm-hmm. You can just let yourself do a whole bunch of actions. You can t- you'll take penalties, but you have so many dice that you can sure. mitigate those penalties. And so, as players get better and better at what they're they're doing, combat gets a little silly. You get a just combat takes forever. Similar right. to like in D anD D, you just have so many things that you can do on your round because you have all these dice that you can use to sure. to do stuff. Yeah, you're always like scanning your sheet, like what else can I do on this turn? What else can I do on this turn? Yeah. So even though the system is quite simple, it 
can feel like it's very complicated because you end up doing so many things, yeah. you know, every time you take an action. Yeah, it sounds like it's it's very simple, but it's it, it'll like it builds up, it snowballs a bit where yeah, yeah stuff yeah. gets kind of crazy. Because yeah, like it it from what I understand, from what I can take from this is uh, like yeah, you can take penalties to do more things in one in one round, and so like yeah, you just have so many dice, so you're just like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot that guy and then throw a bomb at that guy and then uh use a force power at that guy and, <laughs> right right and like it's like oh and this all happened within three you know within three seconds yeah really though i mean i think that's kind of just indicative of any uh any any rpg where you get into high levels yeah. eventually you're gonna have more options than you did early on if not what's what's the point of leveling and so in, in any game where you do level up where you do grow in power Eventually, there is going to be a point where combat takes longer because you have you just have so many more things that you can do. So I, I don't necessarily think that's a specific knock against this system, yeah. but you know maybe it's less a problem in the FFG yeah. system or so on. So yeah, um, simple but can snowball can it can be a little unbalanced, mm-hmm. especially with like the force users. Yeah, um, but but otherwise seems like a pretty you know pretty 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 uh, solid system yes yeah, it seems a lot of fun with just with the freedom and everything like the, the the idea that you can basically just kind of choose whatever you want and then dj compares so for each of these three he compares it to the other two sure um so he's asking how does it compare to d20 how does the the d6 system compare to d20 um west end game star wars is very is much better than d20 dj says it's more unbalanced but the rules are either easier to understand mm-hmm uh, and it felt more like Star Wars, which I think, really, I think that's an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Is that the game feels like the source material. Right, yeah. Like, if you're going to make a, yeah, if you're going to make a Star Wars RPG, it should feel like Star Wars. Yeah. Um, There was a, there was a video game, uh, Star Wars Galaxies. It was, it was mm-hmm. an MMO. Uh, it was actually one of the first MMOs I ever played. Yeah. And it was like, there, like, it was based in star wars you played like different star wars races and like had like you know blasters and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but like for the most part at least at least in its early in its early years um it like it didn't necessarily feel very star wars because like there wasn't a whole lot of star wars stuff going on yeah like it it was it, it was a it was a computer game you know, or you had like, you know, you're building up, you had professions instead of classes and stuff like that. So you build up skills and like craft things and everything like that. But like there was a lot of detail to it. Um, and it was, it was pretty complex, but it was so complex that you were like, it, you kind of got lost in it and forgot that it was a Star Wars game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's, if it's a good game mm-hmm. in and of itself, that's, that's great. I mean, but, uh, I mean, I like they, they released it too early and it wasn't like fully developed when they released it, but yeah. I still had a blast with it. I played it for two straight years. My goodness. And it was a lot of fun. Cool. And they eventually started adding more like Star Warsy stuff, but they also kind of changed up the rules a lot. Yeah. That's, that's going to happen with, yeah. with games like that. Um, and then, uh, sorry. So, how does how does this compare to FFG, which we'll get to after D twenty? Mm-hmm. DJ says that FFG is the is the best one. But if he if he couldn't play FFG, he'd be playing WEG. He'd sure. be playing West End Games. So, uh, the there 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 are some balance issues in the West End Games D six version. So, mm-hmm. you know that that kind of is a knock against it a little bit. But it's still good. It's still sure. the, the second best of these of these three. I guess. <laughs> All right, so next we're going to talk about the Wizards of the Coast D20 Star Wars. Yeah. And 
you know, th- there is a lot. There are a lot of different editions of this, if I mean, I'm not mistaken. I mean, we're talking about Wizards of the Coast. We of are. Course. We are. So we are going to be compressing a lot of this and kind of judging it all by, you know, basically like one or two of the rule books. So this isn't going to be there. You might have wildly different experiences with the D20 system, but, you know, this we're basically going off of how DJ Wright feels this one measures up against the other. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, so how does it play? Eh, pretty good. I mean, it's it's a D20 system. If you are familiar with D&D, you know, enough to play D&D, you will be able to play this with, with some tweaking. Uh, from what I recall, this one used a, like, vitality and wound point system. Okay. Which is slightly different than, like, hit points. Sure. In that you, you have vitality points, which, you know... Hits can make, like, you can get hit and make your vitality points go away, but you're not actually, like, taking physical damage until those run out, and then you start taking wound point damage. Okay. And then vitality points come back a lot faster than wound points. Okay, so it's almost like having, like, shields and... I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And health. Yeah, so uh, so with this one, there's there are classes, you know, because it is basically space D&D. Right, yeah. Uh, so th- there are classes, there's feats. There are skills, from what I recall, probably different versions of skills, depending on which version of the D20 system you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, first level characters in this system feel a bit more capable than first level characters in the, the D6 system. And uh, and even the DJ says even the canon characters, like, you know, the examples of like Luke and, and so on, uh, still don't seem to be super all powerful like they did before. You know, so that's cool. If, if, if you can play, you could play a character from the movies and still feel balanced with other players of your sure. of your level. Yeah, which is that's good. Yeah, it's not like it's not like playing Thor from Deities and Demigods. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but hey, if that first level commoner gets up to you, he's gonna hit you on that natural twenty. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, um, so I I personally have had a little bit of experience playing this. I played with some friends. I was in a, a musical a long time ago, Damn Yankees, mm-hmm. and a couple of the guys that were in that lived not too far from us maybe like maybe like 20 minutes away and so i played a couple sessions with them at their game and it was it was fun i guess it's just that i'm i was not nearly as well versed in star wars as they all were Mm. so they would be making references to all sorts of stuff they'd be (laughs) like oh hey let's go to the blank system let's go to the blobbity blue system and talk to blah 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 oh the blobbity blue system exactly and this is not stuff that they had encountered in that campaign it was just like stuff that they knew from the actual series you know from from star wars right and they're probably good pulling from like the expanded universe exactly like that exactly and so like i didn't know and i wasn't i felt very unable to like participate in any of the conversations because I just didn't know any of them. Sure. And I mean, to be fair, if I was playing in a group that was playing like Forgotten Realms and they were all really well versed in Forgotten Realms, it would have been the same way. Yeah, so that's true. It's not a knock against Star Wars or against this game. It was just, you know, that group, they they knew themselves really well. They knew each other really well. And I don't know. I, I didn't, I don't think I was a good fit for that group. Yeah. Well, you should just play a character that's like equally, you know, uh, ignorant of the of the star wars universe. i guess like I, I was playing a wookie and so i didn't have to talk <laughs> that, that was good <laughs> that's well <laughs> you were just growled and stuff pretty much yeah, yeah. i mean and i would only do that 
occasionally and yeah. only when there was another guy in the group that was playing a Wookiee and he would he would make Wookiee noises all the time. So I felt a little bit more comfortable occasionally making a Wookiee sure. noise. Well, I mean, like and like so many people understand the Wookiee language, you know, it's just, I guess. Um, so like we said, this is a D20 system. So if again, if you are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or anything else that uses a D20, you'll you'll be able to pick this up pretty easily sure and you can probably use it to run a game you know pr- pretty easily it's it's d20 is a very i think it's it's kind of complicated but once you know how to use it yeah it's a it's an open sandbox you can use it for all sorts of things right yeah that it, because it's complicated like it's complicated because they're trying to let you do pretty much anything you want right they, they tr- well they in, try in to have manner yeah. right they try to have rules for everything right there which you go. is good and it's bad because yeah. there's sometimes where the rules just get in the way there's sometimes where, you know, the rules can't have everything. So there's going to be stuff that is kind of clunky. Um, but anyway, getting into what uh, DJ Wright says is good about it is, well, I mean, not really anything. It's not a bad system. <laughs> it's just it's it is passable. Yeah. At just about everything it tries to do. It's it's D, it's D20. It's wizards. Yeah. Like. Every, everybody is about as balanced as they can make them. So yeah. like regardless of what class you are, regardless of what whether you're a force user or not a force user, you can all participate and contribute, which is a good thing, I would say. Um, you know, it's uh, it it's all about character advancement. You want to get to the next level because you want to get your next abilities and so on. So maybe this game sort of leans more towards a mechanic, a more mechanical game rather than a more uh, story based game. Sure. You know, but but that's gonna that's gonna vary depending on who you are and your group and so on. Uh, it is worth noting noting that. This game is what Knights of the Old Republic was based on. The the games, the Knights of the Old Republic games. Oh, right. Yeah. They, um, they were all based on, you know, this rule set. Oh, so okay. So if you were to play a Knights of the Old Republic video game, it is behind the scenes a D20 system, which, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's a good point because I want to say, um, I, w- I want to say that the... That it's like the the people who like did like the Neverwinter Nights games and the Baldur's Gate games. I think they worked on. I might be I might be completely wrong on that. Anyway, I'm not sure. But yeah, but yeah, but it's same deal. It's like yeah, you have like a D20 system running in the background of of d- different RPG games. Yeah. Um. Small tangent. Did you know that the Fallout series was originally meant to be based on the rule set of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah? The special stats were originally going to be strength, dexterity, constitution, wisdom, intelligence, and charisma. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, but then they, like, they couldn't get the rights or something at the last minute, so they were like, well, fine, we'll just make our own game that's the exact same thing, but better. Right, yeah, but special. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. But, yeah, I do do like the the special system. I think that's fun. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, so again, what's great about it? Not really anything. It's 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 passable at whatever it does. It's not, uh, it's you know, it's a D twenty system. It's it's mm-hmm. nicely balanced. What do you expect? <laughs> um, what's terrible terrible about it is you know, kind of the same thing. It's 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 not terrible at anything. It's not great at anything. It is more mechanical or mechanically oriented than uh, than thematically oriented. So your games are most likely going to end up being more about character advancement and mechanics rather than the story. You can, of course, go otherwise, but, you know, it's, it's just going to take a little bit more work mm-hmm. to do so. Um, so how does it compare to the West End Games D6 system? The D20 system is more uh, balanced. It's it's easy to play because it's D20 and you're probably already 
familiar with D20, but I don't know. You know, it's it's neither one's bad. I think DJ Wright did did kind of rank the D20 system as the worst just because sure. the other two are better. Right, yeah. Not um, necessarily that's a bad game, but it's just... It, I mean, it, in the first one, he pointed out that that's more of a Star Wars... It feels more like Star Wars, yes. where this yes. one is probably just going to feel like D&D in space. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? but it is a thing. Yeah. But then how does it compare to the uh, Fantasy Flight Games system? Mm-hmm. Well, according to DJ Wright, it doesn't. The F- the FFG system is is better in just about every way. Sure. So, so that's what we're going to talk about to talk about next. Um, so, the Fantasy Flight games encompasses Age of Rebellion, Edge of the Empire, and Force and Destiny. And I've heard a lot of people refer to uh, Force and Destiny the most. So I th- I think that's the one that the most people are playing. Well, so, yeah, yeah, it seems like it's three different rule sets, but they're they're compatible. They're they're almost like it's almost like releasing. Th- like three expansion packs that are all also their own standalone games. Yeah, yeah. So with the the FFG systems, it seems that uh, it it's kind of a whole bunch of things that seem like they should make it a bad game. Like I get you know three separate core rule books. Sure. It apparently has proprietary dice that rather than numbers has words on them, which we'll get to in uh, just a moment. Okay. It's got classes, which, you know, again, a lot of people dislike the idea of. Sure. A whole bunch of stuff like, you know, like uh, role-playing mechanics and whatnot. So a lot of stuff that seems like it should all be at odds with each other, but apparently it's a really, really good game. Again, I haven't played it, but this Mm. guy, DJ Wright, really, really likes it. I've seen good reviews about it from other people yeah. too on Reddit. It, it it seems, I mean, it seems to me pretty complicated, but it might just be, I mean, that just because like it's using those like proprietary dice and yeah, like, has yeah. three record, it might, it might it, it, at the very least on the surface seems very complicated. Right. But I, fi- I figure if you get to know it, it it's probably pretty cool. Cause like, you know, when a, if a complicated system is done right, it's, you know, at least once you understand it, mm-hmm. you can do a lot with it. And uh, one thing that's very important to know about this is that this is a more narrative focused game rather than a simulationist game. We sure. talked about a few weeks ago when, uh, when Chris was on. Dang. He, we talked about running, you know, the advantages and disadvantages of running a more narrative focused game as opposed to a simulationist game mm-hmm. as opposed to a hybrid. This one seems to be more narrative focused. Mm-hmm. And so you do have a character, you do have a class and, you know, mechanics and whatnot, but the players are able to influence the story. Mm-hmm. And then oh, there's, yeah. there's, you know, mechanics around it. So like the, the, I'm guessing the players can influence the story one way, but then that lets the GM influence the story in a negative way and, and so on. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a cool idea that the players in this um, Star Wars game, where it's going to be very very focused on like a very Star Wars story, the players are able to influence the story in order to you know make it more of what they want, and sure. then there's costs for doing so. So apparently, it's really really well balanced. Now, uh, DJ Wright says that he has a character which I guess is on the Dice for Brains podcast, which is uh, that um, Star Wars podcast. His character is Zen Malik is a pacifist who abhors violence, but can still pretty much hold his own against the more violence-focused characters. So, mm. like, a character that is seems like has such a completely different focus isn't useless sure, compared yeah. to the characters that are more focused on something else. And that's really hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely hard to do in a D20 system because, I, as I've tried to do, like, I've always had 
cool ideas for a character. Yeah. But they just don't they they're just not useful in pretty much every aspect of right. adventuring. Like it's a cool story, but it doesn't it doesn't fit the rules. Yeah. I'm always a little hesitant to make a role-playing based character in D D yeah. whenever I start playing with a new group. Because for all I know, I'm going to have this character that's all like skill based and whatnot. And then I'm going to get there and it's like, okay, guys, roll initiative. Right. And, oh, great. And then, you know, it's like, okay, here's combat. And then here's some more combat. Again, not that that's a problem. Yeah. Gosh, but... Gabe, I thought you were good at d and <laughs> I guess. Like, not that having a combat based game is a problem, but, you know, different expectations. Yeah. And if you don't gear a character towards combat in a D20 system, they're not going to be good at combat. Mm-hmm. So if this game is able to still make you relevant, even when that's not your focus, that's really cool. Yeah. That is definitely a great quality for a game. For sure. Um, I guess character advancement is pretty fun and straightforward. They don't discourage you from picking up different specializations. Sure. Which, that's, again, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, I always I always like the idea of multi-class, and it's just, it's it's hard to do in, in some systems because, like, you end up falling behind and mm-hmm. you're not, you know... You're kind of good at a lot of things, and that's that's the whole. He mentioned he even mentions like the the jack of all trades thing, where it's like you're just you're just kind of good at everything, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of people who are really good at at you know at the things that you can do. So yeah, yeah, and uh, it seems that making a force user is is relatively simple. You know, there's there's a lot to it, but it's relatively simple, and it doesn't unbalance the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, similar to like how the the like the, how the WEG system does. There is, uh, I guess, um, so the way that their pr- proprietary dice work is that every time you make a check, there are multiple things that can happen dependent on the dice. So there's, one person put it, every roll results in either success or failure on the action, advantage or threat that the player or GM can use for positive or negative side effects, and possibly triumph or despair symbols which are similar to advantage and threat taken up to 11. Okay. So I guess because of that, uh, it's weird and it takes a little getting used to, but once you, once you do, then a, you know, a binary success or failure system just seems boring by comparison. You know, that's, that's how it was explained to me. But uh, in any case, there, there's a lot of mechanics, a lot of which can be really cool, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if used well. So it seems like this is a, it's a different type of game. It's not just another rehash of the D20 system. So, um, you know, I, it, it sounds really cool that people seem to really like this. I think this, if I was to play a star Wars game, it would probably be this one. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think my, I, I think I'd lean towards trying the, the D6 one first, just cause it's, it, it seems simpler, just something yeah. easier to get into. And who the heck, who the heck doesn't like throwing a bunch of dice? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's what, that was definitely one of my draws to maybe getting into like Warhammer. Cause it's just like, you just have a crazy amount of, of d6 that you that you throw out there if you got a big army yeah yeah so uh as as far as the cons of this system it takes a little while to get used to the mechanics to get used to how the you know like the 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 dice work the dice with all like the the words and everything on them and i guess there's a lot of like when this happens you can cancel it by using this and then you can cancel that by using this and so learning how to how to use all of these things in conjunction with each other uh can be can take a little time to get used to and um, DJ Wright said that he hasn't tried using characters from different books in the same campaign. So he doesn't know how well it all works together. But, you know, it's I guess it's possible. So whether that's a, a pro or a con, you know, I don't know. Somebody somebody else out there probably knows better than than we do. 
Uh, so then how does it compare to the others? Uh, he says that he likes this one better than the, better than both of the others. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, it feels more like Star Wars once you get into the, like the guts of a story. It's pretty straightforward once you get your head around the mechanics, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So Force and Destiny seems to be seems to be the one that everybody likes the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, like, if you're going to play a different game, you know, maybe if you're going to go from playing, like, D&D where you're playing, like, you know, knights and dragons and stuff like that. Yeah. And you want to, like, I want to play Star Wars. You'd hope that it's, like, a different system altogether or something. Like, you know, yeah. if, you, if you go playing from D20 Dungeons and Dragons to D20 Star Wars, I feel like that's, like, that's not a big enough jump. You know, like, you, you might sit there thinking, like, I could just be playing D&D right now. Yeah, whenever I'm playing one video game for a long time, mm. and then I switch over to playing a similar but, like, slightly different video game, Yeah, it really throws me off because it's like, I want to attack by pressing this button, but instead I attack by <laughs> pressing this button. Sure, sure. But it's similar enough that I can't just, like, remap what my brain is doing like if it were if we were if the controls were completely different yeah i wouldn't be you know reaching for the triangle button i would i would be reaching for like l2 or whatever that right yeah yeah so like yeah it's it's if i was going to be trying to play a star wars game i would probably want it to be something that is as different from d20 as possible so i don't fall into the same d20 rut that i might be in well i hope that we've done a good enough job of of getting across. I mean, I guess someone else's thoughts on these these uh, these game systems. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I I'm sorry that we we don't have as much experience with this sure. as I would like to. But you know, there might be listeners out there that might hear us and then think, you know, maybe I do want to try out one of these games. Yeah, so. yeah. So take take what we what we said with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And if you if if you listen to this episode and you thought, hey, you know, maybe I want to try out one of these Star Wars games, let us know. I would love to hear. If this episode was helpful to anybody, I hope it was. I hope it wasn't just us poorly relaying some information from somebody else. But uh, but yeah, um, we've had this question for a long time, so now I can cross it off the list. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna imagine that I've big. I have a big chalkboard right here behind my computer that I can just chalkboard sound. Oh, ow, ow. Oh, I hate that noise. <laughs> anyway, I think that'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, a running list of questions asked, and important links, go to interpartyconflict.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interpartyconflict, or our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash interpartyconflict, where I post weekly discussion questions for you. We're also on Twitter at inpartyconflict. We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you feel like donating, we have a PayPal donate button on our website. Anything you can give us would go towards making the show better. Jeff, do you want to tell us about FriendQuest? FriendQuest is our uh, YouTube channel where we play uh, where we play video games. Um, mm-hmm. We have a couple playthroughs of the D&D arcade games. Yep. And we'll be putting on more as soon as we get around As to we it. do. Maybe, since I'm going to have a bit of time off uh, for the... Uh, the holiday. Oh, sure. Maybe I'll I'll get some stuff recorded then. Yeah, sounds good. All right. You can head over to audibletrial.com slash conflict and get yourself a free audiobook. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. I guarantee you'll find something you like 100% for free. And also, if you take our short survey at bit.ly slash interpartyconflict, you can get two free printable board games from Mary and Tom at hollandspiel.com. 
And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So, Jeff, till next time. May the Schwartz be with you. Oh, oh, oh.